This is episode 511 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about some all-star fruit racing, which is a kart racer that is available on, I believe, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I'm playing it on Xbox One, and more random movies, I guess. It's not going to be a very busy episode but I do want to talk about attack the backlog which is something I have mentioned here and there in previous episodes my plans to bring back a kind of game club show which is also just an excuse for me to uh, tackle some of my backlog because my backlog is it is it is ridiculous it is it's definitely got hundreds in it. I'm thinking about it. There could be over a thousand. That doesn't mean they're all good games. There's no way I have a thousand games, good games to play. But there are many games I have missed. A lot from early uh, Nintendo generations because I never had a Super Nintendo growing up. Or a Nintendo 64. Or I had a GameCube, but I don't. I don't know if I played all that many. Like, I'm missing a lot of Zelda games. I played the original, you know, The Legend of Zelda and Link's Awakening. And I played Wind Waker and a smidgen of Breath of the Wild and Phantom. I played some Ocarina Time. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I've missed out on a lot of things. And what I'm thinking about doing schedule-wise is I want to do it every other week. Ideally, just so there's there's time for people to play along. And it gives me time to potentially, I would like to, for the video version of this podcast, put in a bit more work and editing and all that jazz. Put in actual gameplay footage and just polish the video version of this series. And... I'm thinking about having it be specific, like instead of it just being every other week on a specific day, like every other Monday, etc. I'm thinking about doing it the 14th and the 28th of every month, because every month has 28 days, or four, well, it has 14 days and 28 days, or it has a 14th day and a 28th day, um, but not everyone has a 29th day, except every four years. Uh, so I'm thinking about maybe doing it that way. Not that, I don't know. I don't know why I decided, hey, instead of doing it, oh, every other Monday, I do it like, okay, on the 14th and the 28th of every month, there will be a new episode. And maybe potentially in between those main episodes, there could be bite-sized ones for games that are really short, that are, you know, three-hour, four-hour things that could be done in addition little bite-sized episodes but I have everything already set in place I already made the podcast art the the, you know the the art for the show I've created the feed that I can immediately send to iTunes Stitcher Radio Google Play all the uh, big podcast places uh, main places and everything is set in place and ready to go all I have to do is actually record an episode and I'm excited about doing it. 
I remember I, I played the Unfinished Swan, and that was going to be the first episode, and it was going to transition to the, what is it, Edith Finch? Is that the one that is in the same universe from the same developer? But I'm thinking now that the first game will be Castlevania, Sympathy of, Symphony of the Night. It is of the night, right? It's not the Symphony of Night. That is That sounds weird. But I've never played that. My introduction into the, the the Castlevania we know today, the Metroidvania style of, you know, revealing a map and going back and getting things that uh, allow you to reach new areas, that really started for me with Area of Sorrow. And, uh, you know, I also played Circle Moon and what is the other one on... Basically, the GBA games for Castlevania is where I really started. And my favorite is still Area of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow. I, I never know. I have to go back and play them to really decide between the two. I feel like, oh, well, Dawn of Sorrow is just better because it's got a visual upgrade and it's just on a better platform that's able to deliver more. But, you know, I'm not really sure. But that's my favorite Castlevania sub-series, I guess you'd want to call it. But... I never went back and really dove deep into Castlevania Sympathy of the Night. And I have it. It's backward compatible on Xbox One. So why not do that? I love those types of games. Playing Dead Cells, I'm like, hey, maybe I should do this. And so I'm thinking that'll be the first one. The thing that is going to be different compared to other game club type series that other podcasts do uh, is that when I'm... as I'm uh, thinking about this and planning it out and going through the process of, okay, if I, if I pick this game, where am I going to pick the breaking point? Where is the, the cutoff point where I'm like, okay, play up to this point so that you can play along. And what I think I'm going to do instead, because unless there's, there's a lot of vocal support, cause I have a lot, I have a good chunk of listeners, not a lot of vocal listeners. Uh, and those who are vocal are just like, I don't think they really care. <laughs> um, but what I think I'm going to do instead of it being like, okay, at the end of the episode, I'll be like, okay, now play to this point to get to whatever. I'm going to, at the beginning of an episode, say that I got up to this point, And that is where the point at which, you know, everything in this episode is going to be from the beginning of the game to this point or from the previous point to this point so that it's something you can listen to and enjoy and tag along to asynchronously in a way or whatever you want to say. Um, so that that's just my idea because I, I think that's one of the things that really makes it difficult or, or is like the, the biggest hurdle for me in wanting to do a backlog game club type show is just finding those good breaking points because not every game is like, okay, it's four hours long, it's very linear, and you know, you play, you could just be like, okay, we'll do this in two hour chunks. No, not every game is like that. You could spend time exploring or doing side things. If I did a game club for God of War, Mine would be so much different than someone else's in terms of hour-wise, in terms of you know the, the, the time it takes to play the game. Because I did zero side missions. I don't think I did a single one because I had no real interest in it. I was 
engrossed in the main story and I wanted to see where that went, but I didn't really want to stay in that world or explore it too much because I didn't enjoy the combat to the level, uh, to the point where I really wanted to be in that world as long as possible. I was looking forward to con the, the conclusion of the story, of finishing the story, and being done with the game. Even though yeah, I like the story, I, I think the combat's solid. There's that point where the combat changes a bit, and I enjoy it more, but it still didn't grab me in the same way that it grabbed a lot of other people. So that is my thought. I, I will question that and maybe throw that idea out the window if people listening who are interested in this say no 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 sir i do not like that idea i want to tag along with you i want to be in the car i want to buckle my seat and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where i was going with that but i immediately threw out the window because i was about to talk about how you were going to like fly out the window and die and stuff and i'm like that's not a good thing to say about somebody who wants to play along with me but um yeah, I, I'm excited about doing it, and I'm hoping I actually do do it. I said do do, <laughs> and I'm also not against returning to games that I've already played because there are games that, sure, I played them once, but it's been so long that there is a lot about them that I just don't remember completely and I would like to have them a bit more fresh in my memory because they're things that I consider to be one of my favorite games like Jade Empire or Enslaved Out of Siege of the West. I'd love to return to both those games and see if they're still as great as I remember. Um, but yeah, that is something I'm planning to do soon. So maybe, if I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking should I wait until September to do it and instead of doing it at the end of august that doesn't matter if i start on august 28th if i stick with the 14th 28th setup um so yeah and i, I think castlevania symphony of the night is a game that people like to play along with uh that genre is hot and that's like a really good version of it because it kind of you know it's one of the if not the version that started it all. Um, Super Metroid. Not a fan of that. <laughs> but maybe I could return to that. I really hated the wall jumping. I think that's what really killed that game for me. I played it for maybe a few hours and I hated that. And then I did something stupid and lost a lot of progress and I was like, <laughs> F this game. But that's not what I've been playing now. That's what I'll be playing in the future. Maybe, probably, hopefully. What I've been playing recently, in addition to Onrush, which I'm still absolutely in love with. I think it is such a fantastic game. And it's still on sale on Xbox Live. So you can get it for the same discounted price of 36 for the regular edition, 37.50 for the deluxe. Uh, it's part of, I don't know, whatever, their, their regular sale now. So you sell a, a week, I would presume, until Monday or technically Tuesday very, very, very early in the morning like i don't know 8 a.m central time something like that i don't know but i've been playing some all-star fruit racing which is a kart racer and it is a surprisingly solid one it's got a lot of vibrancy 
to it visually wise, uh, visually speaking. It's very colorful, very vibrant. There's a, a nice bit of variety to it. And control-wise, it feels good. It, it's got solid controls. I, I, don't, I feel like I'm in control of the vehicle. It doesn't feel too loose or anything. It has the same drifting mechanic that you have in Mario Kart or a lot of uh, kart racers where you drift, and after a certain time, you'll get a speed boost. And if you keep drifting, the boost will be stronger. But if you drift for too long without letting go and boosting, you can uh, not overclock your engine. What is it? I don't know anything about cars. Your engine will be like, no, no, no. I don't like this. I'm going to cool off for a second. Overheat? <laughs> Could that be what it's called? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but to do that, you have to drift for a very long time without stopping. And I don't think there are many tracks, many uh, courses in the game where there are segments that you can just continuously drift and there are no straightaways or anything. So I think the likelihood of that happening is not very likely. Um, though in the tutorial, they make you do it. And that was a bit frustrating because it was like, I keep crashing in the wall and then that breaks my drift thing. Uh, that was frustrating. And of course, you have the weapon systems. Which there are there are two versions of the weapon system. There's one where it's just like a random thing that's the same way as Mario Kart or any though any of the like, which is you collect a little question mark ball and then you get a random power up. Could be a boost, could be a rocket or whatever, could be your super, um uh, etc. But the other system which I find much more interesting and I prefer playing that way all the time. Uh, I, I, if I have a choice, I'm always going to play it this way. And that is the fruit-based system, which is where you collect various fruit. There's bananas, which will upgrade. Or they count towards all your fruit, but then there are cherries, kiwi, grapes, and something else, I think. Um, and you're collecting all these, and they're they're building towards your power-up. So when you when you max out one of the fruit, then you'll have a certain type of power up. You max two, you can combine them to have a specific power up, or you can turn off one and get a different power up. You have three, the same thing. You combine all three, you can combine two of them. You can turn off two of them and just have the one. When you have all four, you have your super. And I find it very interesting because it makes you think about what you want to do, and you have to memorize it's not hard because there's not that many combinations given that there are only four but you have to remember okay kiwi and cherry gives me this ability uh pineapple and this or whatever give me this ability um and i like that choice so that it, the, the randomization of the power-up system isn't there and when you use a power-up you don't lose the things from the fruit that you didn't use in in the uh in the power-up that you decided to go with uh and then your the various supers of the characters range from like big homing missiles to the closest uh, player uh a giant coconut bowling ball you'd throw back uh behind you like a, a kiwi slice that will slow people down who drive over it a orange that you drop behind you and it just kind of lingers uh, and some other rocket launchers that are pretty much the same thing uh and they're, they're powerful but they're not too powerful that's another thing i really appreciate about 
all-star fruit racing is that there is no equivalent to the blue shell. So there is nothing that you will get that will specifically find the person in first place and F up their entire day, which I really appreciate because the blue shell is incredibly annoying and only works in party settings where you just you don't care about winning you're just like okay whatever you screwed me but i'll get you back whatever so not having anything like that in the game i appreciate so yeah it's a solid card racer um like i said looks good plays well i like the power-up system specifically the one where you do have control over it and it's not just a random power-up um but it's not perfect. The audio is terrible. The music is very basic. It just feels like it sounds like stuff you get from uh, whatever. You just go to a random site. It's like, okay, pay 10 bucks to get some really cheap free music. Not free music. I don't know why I said that because it costs you 10 bucks. But you know, you get what you pay for and it's not that great. And then the actual sound bites of the characters where they go like, Oh yeah, woohoo, and all that kind of stuff. That was almost that was a little bit too Mario. What? Oh, hey everybody, it's me, Mario. That's not good. <laughs> I like doing that though. But it's it's nowhere near as good as the actual one. Maybe it's as good as my version of it, but the audio is just very very annoying. And it doesn't even take time to get annoying. The second I boot it up, I'm like, ugh, I don't like any of this. So that's a bit annoying. And then I think the difficulty can be surprisingly challenging, even on the easiest difficulty. And it seems very inconsistent. Sometimes I will blow the AI away on the easiest difficulty. And sometimes I feel like I'm just incapable of getting into first place and part of it i think is some of, of the track designs because some tracks have very clear where they have uh forks in the road there's one path that is clearly the best path it isn't that difficult to maneuver through it's not like there are a lot of hazards or anything they, they might have some hazards but it's still nothing that is too difficult that is going to make you ever decide not to take that path and then there are tracks that don't seem to have any type of alternate pass and those can just be like okay you get in first and you're just in first. Unless you do something stupid on your own or somebody behind you does manage to get a power-up and gets you. Uh, so the difficulty seems a bit inconsistent, which is a bit frustrating. Uh, but I feel like there's kind of that those annoyances in a lot of these games. And then uh, the biggest problem, before I get to that, though, I forgot to mention that there is a customization aspect to it where you can really it's not the deepest customization uh tools or anything but you can customize your cart and that cart will uh be good with any character so the the carts aren't character specific the characters have their specific supers and their looks and that's what's tied to them the cart is whatever you choose it to be so you can pick the the base model of it you can pick uh, the front end of it. You can change the colors, the, the patterns on them, change the texture of the tires, the rims, how chrome they look, how polished they are, uh, various 
colors and all that kind of stuff. And you can make your own card, which I think is a really cool side of it. I like any kind of game, especially one that uh, a big part of it is playing with other people, being able to customize some aspect of your character and have it be something like having it be the cart and the cart having no kind of speed or attributes associated to it so that you can design your own car and it's not going to be like, oh, well, I designed this car, but it's a weaker car, but I like the way this car looks. No, that's not in play. It's all about the characters. So you can go a as crazy and wild as you want with the cart customization and create one that you love and then take it with any character. Maybe you want to try a new character. You can still take your car with you. I really like that. Back to my biggest problem. The biggest problem I have with this game is the price tag. On Xbox One, it is $36. It is coming out on August 21st, so next this upcoming Tuesday. But it is $36. On Steam, it is $30. You get a little bit of discount. That's usually the case. But that is a lot to ask for the game. Sure, you get your handful of championships. You get, you know, multiplayer. There's elimination, there's elimination matches, your basic matches, and there's something else. But ultimately, it's it doesn't have enough content, and it's still a bit rough around the edges to make me feel comfortable with that price tag. And the reason is, sure, you can compare it to Mario Kart, but Mario Kart is incredibly polished. It's got way more tracks, I'm pretty sure, and it just has a lot more content. And that's 60 bucks. So yeah. 36 bucks, 30 bucks, that's half price, almost half price, sure. But at the same time, I can compare it to another card racer that I really, really like. And it's very surprising how well it plays and how much content in it. There are a lot of, there's a lot of championships and all that jazz is Beach Buggy Racing, which doesn't have the visual fidelity of all-star fruit racing it is definitely you can tell right away that beach buggy racing is a mobile game that was ported to consoles but it the visuals are sharp it still looks decent and it plays well i really like the way beach buggy racing plays and i like the story mode uh, championship uh bit of that because there's a lot to it there are a lot of races in that one and you gain I forget what the currency is in it, but you gain these things that you can use to upgrade your vehicles and make them better, which I really like for a single-player story mode. It gives me a reason to keep playing. It makes me want to replay uh, races and stuff. It gives it just makes the progression of a single-player and a car racer much more uh, tantalizing to me. Uh, and I also I, I don't like that in All-Star Fruit Racing, the championships you can't quit out of them and return and finish them up so you have to play through the entire championship which i think consists of four or five races typically and some of the races are five laps which is i find is annoying and it, it definitely i can definitely feel it it doesn't seem like oh this one the laps are shorter so that's why uh there are more laps it just feels like oh this one happens to be five laps and uh now it's it's kind of getting a bit old after the third lap uh fourth lap oh god there's still another lap fifth lap so there is that to it, but um, does it have online multiplayer, local multiplayer, uh, you know, I think eight or so championships, and 
it, like I said, looks good, plays well, all that. It, it's a solid kart racer, but I think the price tag is going to keep a lot of people away. It's something that caught me off guard. I was thinking, oh, probably this will probably be like a twenty dollar game, and when I saw that it's thirty six bucks and thirty on Steam, which I I still don't understand that. I, I'll never understand why games vary in price across platforms. It's it's always a very confusing thing. Um, I think I remember Bleed or Bleed 2 being three different prices, like the specific price on Switch and then something else on Xbox One and PS4 and then something else on uh, PC. And I'm like, I like well, this is just, this is crazy. Um, but it, it is a bit much, I think. And there's no, it, it would be nice if there was a pre-order discount of making it 30 bucks so it is equal to its uh, PC counterpart. But there's no pre-order discount of any kind, so yeah. If, if you're dying for a kart racer and you haven't played something like Beach Buggy Racing, or you have played Beach Buggy Racing, it's it's definitely something to check out because you don't have as many options. You don't have the high-quality option you have on the Nintendo platform. And I can't... I don't think there's been anything recently in the kart racing genre on consoles even switch wise i mean mario kart's old at this point so if you're itching for something new and it it is rare i think for kart racers to actually be decent i've played quite a few on console and a lot of them are really bad I'm like coffin dodgers or whatever that's terrible i think mean, there are a lot of bad kart racers so being a solid kart racer is an accomplishment. I just think, like I said, I, I don't want to just bury, I, just, I don't want to bury this point into the ground or anything. That's not the same. But the price is, I think I think it's a, it's a bit much. But then other than that, I played some more Dead Cells, got to the castle on my first run after not playing it for maybe almost a week, which felt good. And then I just got erect. And maybe I should have taken this weapon I got off of the... What is it? What is that person called? I don't know. But it was this crazy whip that had a crazy amount of DPS. But then it, one of this, the details of it made it sound like I would lose 100 HP for every hit or something. I don't know. It sounded weird. It sounded dangerous. It sounded too good to be true. Uh, so I was like, no, I don't want this. And then I just... Did not make it through the castle. I found a key to get out of the castle, I think. And I just couldn't get out of the castle. So, but I'm... It, Dead Cells is growing on me more and more. I'm still not a fan of the progression system. But I do like it quite a bit. And I think it is more of a skill-based rogue light than some other ones. Where, yeah, the upgrades will help you along the way. But if you are... If you really get the basics down and get really good at pairing and stuff like that you can get pretty far on just your initial playthrough without anything initially unlocked um but yeah it's out there's definitely a lot of content in it and, and reason to keep going through it again and again um but yeah other than that some movies i was watching inception for the first time since i think theaters and i forgot how much 
fucking exposition is in that movie. That movie should just be called exposition because that's all the movie is doing to me in, in, in the first hour. Just talking, talking my ear off. Going blah, 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 blah. Hey, look, look, the, 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 the ground and the buildings are folding up. And the, isn't that cool? I'm like, yeah, that is cool. Now you're just going to talk my ear off for another friggin' 15 minutes. And then or th- or maybe it'll be a half hour. And then we'll get to that scene where Joseph Gordon-Levin is fighting through the the hotel lobby not the lobby is one of the hallways and it's turning around and it's really cool looking and i'll be like oh this is cool too and then they'll probably talk to me for another half hour until we get to another cool bit and i'm not a fan of that just find a better way to deliver all of this information because just talking my ear off is really boring and there is just it was just so talky, talky, talky. Um, so yeah, that was that was a thing that happened. And I I rewatched the Arrival, not Arrival, different movies. Arrival is the recent one with Amy Adams. The Arrival is like '95 Charlie Sheen, another sci-fi movie though, and it's about aliens and all that jazz. And I was surprised by how well it it held up. It's still. A really solid sci-fi flick. It's not amazing or anything, but it's a solid movie. And one of the most important things I think for any movie to do is it kept me engaged from the very beginning to the very end. So from start to finish, I was engaged and engrossed in what was going on in the story. And I enjoyed the, the experience. And I was happy that I rewatched it and pleasantly surprised by it. And I also... Not that recently, but I also rewatched Money Talks, which a lot of people don't like. I still really like that, and it's basically entirely because of Chris Tucker before he found Jesus. Because I think around like Rush Hour Two, he found Jesus. He's like, I don't want. He. I remember watching like some behind the scenes thing where he was really upset about calling the one lady in Rush Hour Two a bitch. Um. So, yeah, and I think it had to do with finding Jesus or something along those lines. But uh, Money Talks is, you know, just it's it's Chris Tucker gold. And sure, the story's stupid. I mean, there, there's stupid things to it. But, you know, sometimes stupid is as stupid does and stupid does good things. So watch Money Talks. should be on Blu-ray. I'll buy it in a heartbeat. Then nothing really else that I can think of. So I think that is a good place to... And this episode, and that's what I'm going to do. So, once again, I'm your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, My Animalus, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am the Kush 3 The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com. Uh, <laughs> that's where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to check out some of the art I do, which is for fans of colorful, crazy, kooky, nonsensical nonsense, nonsensical nonsense, there is my degree at work. You can go over to pxsart.com and check out a whole bunch of art there. And if you see something you like, you click the link, it'll take you to where you can purchase a print 
of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy supporting the site in general and everything we do, like the yard, like the podcast, like whatever, these videos, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. And with, and with that said, now I'll say... <laughs>